and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast. My name is Andy Spateri, joined as always by Dakota Lasky. Dak, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday? Uh, doing pretty well, Andy. Doing pretty well. Had a three-day weekend and yes. didn't do much with it, but I had some... I don't know, I cooked a little bit, you know, trying to, trying to still cook as much as I can at home, trying some new recipes out. And had a bunch of apple cider, which is good because it is the season. I think we had some <laughs> Halloween movies going around the apartment a little bit beforehand. And Whoa, which Halloween movies? That's uh, important. So the one with the uh, – jeez, uh, I'm so bad at the, the names. The one with the three witches is a Halloween town. Oh, uh, um, Hocus Pocus? Hocus Pocus, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Hocus Pocus. I think we also watched Halloween Town. And then there was another movie that my roommate was watching. I can't remember the name of it either, but I don't I don't I I get I'm I'm not a big fan of scary movies, but I like getting in the the Halloween spirit, but I usually don't stick around to watch scary stuff. Not that that stuff I listed is any particularly scary. Like Hocus Pocus isn't scary, but you know. Right. Um but yeah, had gotten getting in the season a little bit and all that trying to hang in there. But yeah, how you doing? Uh, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm recording from a different location than I usually am. My my basement is undergoing some uh, maintenance right now. That I was kind of alluding to before we started recording. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to sound any different or not. But if I do, that's why, and I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, I can't complain. A three day weekend uh, this week as well. And as a side note. Um, Sam and I have also been watching uh, scary stuff and we started watching American Horror Story and I was really excited for that and I was really disappointed because I thought that it kind of sucked actually which is too bad because I I kept on hearing how good it was I remember the first season being uh, did you have like how much of it did you watch because I remember the first so, season being pretty okay I think uh, we watched the first two seasons, which I think are generally regarded as the best two seasons. And it was like, it was okay, but it, it went on for way too long. Uh, it was, it was just kind of, it was a little bit too hokey. I think for me, I kind of like more of like the, the realistic, scary stuff, like psychological horror. And there was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, too many ghosts or stuff like that. There was like every gimmick under the sun in season two, you had, you had devil possession, you had zombies, you had aliens, you had, there's like tons of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that was my, uh, you know, dive into the Halloween scary stuff so far this year. Yeah, I think we did a, we have a, a pump, a carved pumpkin in my apartment right now, which one of my roommates did. And also had some pumpkin seeds as well from that, which were really good. So, love oh, that. There you go. Um, all right. Well, one thing that, uh, that is more of a a trick than a treat, unfortunately, is that Axiom Verge 2 has officially been delayed. Um, of course, we are big fans of Axiom Verge over on this show. I think it's one of the, the best Metroidvania games that there is. Um, you know, they, the, the teaser was released at a Nintendo Indie Direct uh, seemingly forever ago, saying that it would release in fall of 2020. And then, of course, 2020 actually happened, and nothing has really gone as planned. So... Not really a big surprise to see that this is falling back into 2021. Um, over on his blog, Tom Hap said that he didn't want to give a definitive date, but he's hoping that the game can come out in the first half of the year. So that's a little bit of a bummer. But I mean, you know, like the old saying goes, take your time, make the great game. Uh, a bad game is bad forever, but a delayed game is good eventually, right? 
Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I mean, I don't even think that's true these days. A bad game can eventually be good, but a delayed game usually, I feel like, ends up being better most of the time. Like, you know, that uh, a couple of fi- there was that Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy fourteen. That's pretty good now. Everyone hated it on release. Now it's pretty good. No Man's Sky. Everyone hated that game on release. Now some people play it, but I think the delay is considering everything probably for the best. And I'm looking forward to some positive news when we get closer to the actual release date, which uh, hopefully is not too far away. Yeah, you know what? That's That's very true, actually. A bad game can be a good game now. Yeah, uh, which is like uh, I guess maybe days, it's time to update the quote. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like back then, when the quote was said, that was probably true. But nowadays, when games can and are patched years and years after they've come out, and multiple times after release, a lot of the time at release, uh, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily true anymore. But at the same time, I do think it's important to make a good first impression. I was so, just gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there it's, are. Uh, that's another saying that uh, you you know you can never make a second first impression. So that's true. that one is true. Yeah, and uh, I was also thinking along the lines of other things that have happened recently. By the time this episode comes out for release for everyone to listen to, the new Smash update will be out because Minecraft Steve and Alex and all of them come out tonight, which means there will be a patch which might include Ridley buffs. Which I'd be very excited about and is tangentially related to the topics on this podcast, so I can bring it up. And I am looking forward to that. But yeah, we talked about Minecraft Steve, I think, last episode. Comes out tonight, so by the time this episode's out, he'll already be out. Looking forward to giving that dude a try. And I also think, I don't know unless you have any other comments on that, the only other thing that happened recently I can think of is people talking about, like, there's a storyboard artist being hired by Retro... And that was uh, on a few news articles recently on my timeline. So that's the only other thing I could think of. We're still so we're still so starved for news that the job <laughs> like the job postings are such a big deal every single time. But they get these sites clicks, so I don't blame them. Yeah, I, I mean, you you said it right. Like it's just that there's nothing else to report about with Metroid Prime uh, Four or really with Metroid at all. So like any. Any news is, you know, we're, we're latching on to anything. I saw that too. I didn't really think much of it. Um, I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure Super Metroid probably had some kind of story port. Uh, I think every Metroid game it. has had, yeah. I mean, maybe other than the first two, but even those, I would assume, had some kind of equivalent to a storyboard. At, at least with the that. with the cutscenes, right? Like, right, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I would, I know for sure that Metroid Prime did. So, it absolutely uh, you know, I, I mean, it's, uh, it's news, I guess, but it's not breaking news. That's kind of like saying that, you know, a, a movie production hired someone to uh, to take out the trash or something like that. It's just like these are these are jobs that are you know fundamental to the production of your game or your movie or whatever. But I mean, at the same time, um, you know, that's cool. It just goes to show that the uh, the production is still moving along, and uh, hopefully, mercifully, maybe sometime soon we will get some kind of teaser or something an acknowledgement i don't know i i hope so i just i just thought it was very funny how that like news quote unquote came out and people were like metroid prime 4 is going to be more story based and cinematic and narrative like <laughs> every game has storyboards it doesn't mean that like any that the game is going to be more or less story driven or not you know so right the the conclusions that people come to are very entertaining it does in and of itself 
keep me going through this drought and these hard times. As does, by the way, I forgot to mention this when I brought up Smash, but I, I tweeted out if Ridley gets buffed in this patch, the upcoming one with the Minecraft Steve uh, update, I'll PayPal everyone who retweets this $5. I'm currently, I currently owe $18,610. If Ridley All gets right. if Ridley gets buffed tonight, so if I'm not add, here next add five week, bucks onto that, buddy. <laughs> yeah, if, if I if I'm not here next week, I've left the country because <laughs> I do not have eighteen thousand six hundred ten dollars right now. Uh, at least I'll, not I'll that I can what, access. <laughs> if you got to flee the country, you can you can make your way to Calgary. I'll give you a place to stay. Oh well, thank you. I'm sure wherever I end up, I can still do the show. Thank you know, Audacity and uh, some kind of computer will be accessible to me. I'm sure, but yeah, that's you know, been fun. I, I, you brought up something, and I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to add to this before we finally get going with today's show. But tell me if you agree with this. I feel like since the announcement of Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, at least in my circle, the the pressure has really come off of like you just saw like so many nintendo direct rumors like it's gonna be this week it's gonna be this week it's gonna be this week i feel like since the announcement of that that has really dissipated and really died down like now that nintendo fans have like something to look forward to i I feel like that pressure has been alleviated a little bit Uh, have, have you noticed that at all yeah i definitely have i think it's because the age of calamity stuff is just really compelling you know, like everyone's really invested in it. Like everyone's interested in when some new information drops and all of that. And I think we've had a little bit of Pikmin hype as well. But I think all of that's going to go away the second those games drop. Just uh, it, it, it is kind of an, uh, a situation where people also have like recent Sony and Xbox announcements as well. So they're also kind of chewing on that a little bit. But yeah, I have noticed that people are kind of backed off a little bit. I think also there's a mix of like acceptance, like <laughs> it's been the year yeah. and we've had like how many partner directs, right? And we already kind of know yeah. like there's nothing really coming. Like we've been told by insiders, like there's nothing really coming after this, etc. So it's kind of like, all right, like the, the energy has been lost, right? Like there's only so much, uh, so many times you can bang the drum. And at the same time, yeah, I think Age of Calamity looks really hype. At least for me, I'm excited because every time I see some Age of Calamity stuff, I'm like, wow, look, it's the plot I was looking for yes. from, from Breath of the Wild. I, it's, I actually think it's kind of funny how it's almost like overcompensating for how little plot Breath of the Wild had. That like all the all of the marketing, there's like so, so many characters and, and plot. I'm like, wow, there's like so much stuff to like get into and there's so much stuff that's going to happen in this game. Like I'm excited for that because... Plot-wise, like, nothing happened in Breath of the Wild. So, like, that overcompensating is both funny and uh, satisfying and relieving because I'm excited to get into the story that was essentially, like, teased. in a the, second in the thought. First, yeah, a second thought, if you will, yeah. yeah. And, and that's why I think, you know, again, Nintendo's kind of getting a little bit of that lenience because that, like, Age of Calamity stuff is really hitting uh, what a lot of people want. Like, it's hitting the mark of what people are looking for. And it looks really sick. It looks like a lot of fun. I don't think I've ever wanted to play, like, a Dynasty Warriors game ever. And I'm like, I gotta I gotta pick this up. Like, I gotta see what happens. So, I'm, I think that's a lot of it. And it looks hype. So, Nintendo is, at the moment, doing well. But I'm sure once that game gets released and after that, I think some people will remember, like, oh, wait, now we have... Now what's next? Nothing <laughs> like, again. What, yeah. What's happening? Yep, I agree, um, and that's cool that you noticed it as well. Um, let's get going on today's episode. I'm excited to talk about this again. Uh, originally, I promised everyone last week that we were going to do an Inspired by a Metroid episode this week, but we are going to delay that by one week because, frankly, uh, the game t- 
took longer than I remembered that it took. So I haven't finished it. Dak hasn't finished it. And we want to do the game justice. And, uh, you know, kind of like that old delay saying goes, better to do it right than do it fast. So uh, in the meantime, we're going to go back and cover more of the cut content from the Metroid Prime games, which I, I think like people were really, really into, um, and which is like really cool to see. Um, again, I will post the link to all of the cut content in the show note description. So make sure that you're clicking on that and follow along if you can to view some of these images. But um, yeah, we, there was a really great response to this. So I'm excited to dive back and, and talk about some of the uh, some of the other cut concepts from this game. Absolutely. This I think everyone loved going into the cut content. I'll, this is something that, as a topic overall in game development, I love, and I'm so glad that there's more of it, and it wasn't just for the first game. And I figured, yeah, why not? Let's just like tackle it all. We're already right here, and I, I feel like it'd be a shame to kind of leave it on the on the back burner for a little bit when there's a lot of stuff we can chew into. And that other game, yeah, we still got to finish it. I didn't get around to, to going through it. I want to give it, like, an actual, like, good play and not just, like, get through to get through it and anything and rush it or anything like that. So I'm glad we're going back to this. And, yeah, we're going to go back to Mama Robotnik's Neo Gap Mama Robotnik. Yes, Volume 2. <laughs> so this one's actually – so it's – we actually have a little bit on an apparent Metroid 2 remake that Retro Studios was going to – apparently do and then also metroid prime 1.5 which was a metroid prime 2 pitch before they actually went along and developed and published uh echoes so it's a little bit of here and there it's a bit of prime it's mostly prime but also a little bit of metroid 2 remake so a little bit of 2d a little bit of 3d here but yeah volume 2 of mama robotnik's cut content uh, Metroid cut content threads, Metroid Prime 1.5, and the Metroid 2 remake. So we'll get into that, and if we can get to the other ones too, I mean, we try, we'll try. If not, that'll I, be. For I think that episode. we, I think we can get to Metroid Prime 2 today. I think maybe, maybe I should make promises, but uh, we'll we'll try our best. And, and shout out to the goat, Mama Robotnik, for Mama putting Robotnik. this all together. Wherever you are, over on NeoGaf. Yeah, shout out to you. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's take it away. Metroid uh, 2. The remake, uh, which was allegedly being worked on by Retro Studios. I have to say, I don't know if I believe that, to be honest. So, um, yeah, looking through this, like, the the most of this thread is on Metroid Prime 1.5 and not Metroid 2 Remake. So, you can if, yeah. you, if you open up the thread, like, the first thing you see is actually from another Metroid 2 Remake, which I guess when the, this thread was being made, like, that game was still in development, right? Obviously, now it's been out for a while. So but you can see a little bit of it there, but it seems like Mama Robotnik did digging and found evidence of what seemed like a potential idea of doing a Metroid remake within these like uh, like blogs from members of Retro Studios and things that they had written down on this site and some other like things they had gotten from resumes and whatnot. So it seems like it's more just conjecture than and speculation than actual like like the metroid prime yeah. cut contents of uh, that was like pretty tangible right like this stuff it seems it was more of uh an idea that never really got too far yeah totally i, I think that like I, I could totally believe that in a boardroom meeting uh, or maybe a conference call with Nintendo, somebody maybe pitched the idea and said like, hey, what about for the next Metroid Prime game if you remade Metroid Prime or Metroid 2? I could see that, but I, I think that's probably all that it was. It was just an idea that was floated out and then maybe 
batting it down because they wanted to focus on a new property. I, I think that like any serious um, Metroid 2 remake discussions would have probably been handled by the team that did Zero Mission, which you know is, is coming out around the same time as Metroid Prime 2 anyways. So uh, you know, I, I think that um, I think that if that would have happened, it would have been handled by the same team. Maybe could have released around the same time as Metroid Prime Three. That timing seems to make sense to me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious that you know Retro wasn't the team that should have been handling this remake, um, which is fine because they you know obviously went on to create their own fantastic Metroid Prime games for sure. And even with like another spinoff like Hunters, they were still only like somewhat involved in that right so they were really their mm-hmm. main focus were the main prime games which is fine yeah and it would have been cool though like alongside prime 3 to have this almost come out like like how fusion came out alongside the original metroid prime which would have been cool so if you're oh, yeah. following along with us on the thread there are a couple quotes from ben sprout's comments he was a retro studios artist and it seems like there were some comments from a blog or a website they were posting on if i click into that it seems like it was yeah a wordpress blog and it's it's really just like his own personal blog, the, him saying like it would have been cool to do a remake. It was discussed at Retro, but nothing really came of it. And that's just on his personal blog. But thought it would be cool to to do the remake. There's also a texture. Well, there's the, the if you listen to our last episode and follow that thread, you'll see you'll recognize this Omega Metroid concept art. But that was more related to Metroid Prime. But below that, there seems like there's a, a morph ball track from Mr. Sprout's texture portfolio. So Ben Sprout, it seems like they were doing some kind of texture work for what looks like could have been a 2D game. And this seems like it could have been a a texture from, I don't know, something in that. And then we have his resume, which doesn't really show us too much. And then really just mostly speculation of where this, I guess, right. idea would have ended up. This could have maybe been somewhat related to Metroid Dread, which is... Everyone, if you're listening to this show, you you should know what Metroid Dread you is, know what right? Metroid I feel Dread like you is. know what it is, and maybe that could have been like the working title for the remake at one point, like at its very very early like development like idea stage. Like that's maybe what they could have called it, and it got like kind of put together and and right. whatnot. But even in this like post here, it seems like it it never resulted in actual game. Uh, there's no proof of it really going far into development. Or any, like, real resources coming from it. So it's really just mostly conjecture based on this, like, one artist's, like, <laughs> talk and, and whatnot. So there's really... I would say there's... Based on this, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like there's much there. And, yeah. And, I mean, like, I'm sure he's not lying. I mean, I'm, oh, like sure. I said, I could I could totally see someone pitching, like, hey, maybe we should remake Metroid 2. Um, especially if they already knew that they were going to do Zero Mission at the time. Yeah, I mean, I just think that it was probably decided that Retro wasn't the studio. Or, or I mean, maybe, um, and this is me speculating, like, maybe, you know, they did pitch a remake of Metroid 2, and it's like, you know what, if you're going to do a 2D side-scroller, do Donkey Kong Country instead, because we haven't had one of those in forever. Um, which I could also maybe see, you know, being possible. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's cool to think about what if, um, but, I, I mean, I think... I was pretty happy with the uh, with the remake that Mercury Steam gave us. I thought it was a really good bridge between the old and the new. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to think about what if and maybe what uh, what elements in in the Donkey Kong Country Returns games kind of incorporated some ideas maybe they had, or maybe it didn't even get that far. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think it did. But what did get somewhat far is right below this the 
quote-unquote Metroid 1.5, Metroid Prime 1.5 design concept and pitch, where it seems like Retro Studios was going in a somewhat completely different direction than what we ended up actually getting in Echoes, and this will be like the big meat and potatoes of this actual episode because there's nothing really left for the uh, undone Retro Studios Metroid 2 remake, but there's a good amount for Metroid 1.5, and this, at least as a Metroid fan, this is something that I've read about on the internet over the years and something I've always been inter interested in. It's like this kind of, oh, this meta lore to the franchise of like this game that never was, but it seemed like it had a lot of its own identity and character and a lot of concept art for it and a whole design document and, and a lot going on that is similar, but almost entirely different than what we ended up actually getting from Metroid Prime 2 Echoes. But and this is actually what really motivated me to get you to do these episodes with me, right? Like, I wanted to do this, <laughs> the Metroid Prime 1.5 remake, like, design document, like, cut content, whatever you want to call it, like, the pitch for this game. I wanted to talk about this for a while, because this is something that's always interested me, and as it turns out, there's all these threads and all this other con content and unmade Metroid stuff, but this was what really got me into this and what made me want to read into it more, so... Um, Andy, do you, just go, before we go into this though, like, before, like, I had mentioned this or you'd seen the thread, like, did you know about this? Like, had you read about it? Had you had any interest in it? If you did, like, did you know? What? what? Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely say that I was, like, I'm, I'm interested definitely in a lot of stuff that, uh, like, Metroid concept art and stuff like that. And looking at a lot of this stuff, I had seen a lot of the art before. But especially with Metroid Prime 1.5, I, I had never heard of it ever until we got to this. And actually, so I was kind of telling you before we, we got on the air, um, to me, I remember back in the day, like around this time, 2002, 4X, like that, that kind of time period, um, there was a lot of talk of 1.5 games being made. But like, I'll use Halo as an example. I kept on hearing that they were going to make Halo 1.5. And the only difference would be is that it was like, online play uh included um which i think was a consideration by bungie back in the day i remember one of their developers said you know something along the lines of like yeah we could have done that and sold a bunch of copies but we wanted to pour everything into halo 2 instead so in my mind i'm looking at metroid prime uh 1.5 that my initial reaction when i first saw this was like did they like did they try and release metroid prime with like a, a multiplayer kind of like metroid prime 2 or like you could play online because Nintendo GameCube like had no online games and it seemed kind of bizarre to me uh, <laughs> that, you know, that they would consider doing that, especially because the multiplayer in, in Prime 2 is kind of lackluster. So, yeah, I, I came into this like completely kind of blind, not really knowing what the heck Metroid Prime 1.5 was. To be frank, I still don't like I'm, I'm still looking at this and I'm, I'm still kind of pouring through this. I'm like, man, this is cool. But like. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still, there's still some mystery around that for me. Right. And there is a lot to dig into there. There's a lot of concept art, but there's a lot of writing and text. There's a whole design document, which you can't really like, uh, zoom into very well on the image, but you can pull it up like otherwise in the link there and read through all that and scroll through all that information and quickly glancing at it. There's a lot of like just individual ideas, like, New enemy types, a new melee attack they were considering for Metroid Prime, which we really don't see, like, Samus getting a melee attack at all until, like, uh, the game that must not be named, and then Samus returns. So, <laughs> it would also involve 
a big ship. <laughs> so that, uh, Metro developers always want to go right to that that big ship, like oh something happening on a ship. But yeah, this would involve Samus fighting these AIs that have all these different personalities on this ship, while there's also a alien race that is aboard the ship and are in like a cryo sleep. And I'm assuming that these are like going to be activated at some point and Samus takes them on. Uh, she also takes on things like on the ship like drones and, and robotic stuff and the AI themselves while those like the race of aliens are being like constructed for war and all of that. So it seems like she finds some kind of vessel that comes like she comes upon a vessel like at the beginning of Metroid Prime, right? Like there's an SOS, like a distress signal coming from a ship. She goes to check it out. She goes and checks it out, and this would happen right after Metroid Prime. She goes and checks it out, she gets sucked in by, like, a tractor beam, and then has to figure out what's going on on this ship, and and fight on it. And apparently, there might have even been other bounty hunters being pulled to the ship as well, kind of like Metroid... Uh, that, that might have been what ended up, you know, Metroid Prime Hunters kind of does the same similar thing, brings in all these hunters to one place to use them for some sort, and it seems like that was an idea for here as well. Um, you know, she'd be able to destroy engines on the ship and destroy all the life forms on the ship and fight the AI. And apparently she would be limited. This is an idea you might like from your Metroid 5 pitch that she'd be, she'd have all of her stuff from Metroid Prime, but she'd be limited in how she'd use them in other areas. That's a little other ME too. Uh, there'd be all these different areas on the ship, like hangar bays, science bays, cryo chamber halls. Some of this stuff kind of feels like Metroid Fusion in a way, taking from that a little bit. Um, kind of, yeah. A little bit, it, yeah. The, the thing that stuck out to me, I, there was two things that stuck out to me. And the first is that you mentioned it with all the other bounty hunters kind of gathering into one place. I was like, I wonder if this concept kind of became Metroid Prime Hunters because it's it's sort of along the same lines. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that, that stuck out to me, and I don't know why, but uh, there's a line that specifically says... Uh, Samus decides to take a long rest in her cryo chamber as her ship autopilots home. And this just reminded me again so much of like aliens and uh, and like Prometheus and just like the alien franchise where you know obviously we know that Metroid takes a lot of its inspiration from alien, but that that was like I don't know why it stuck out to me as much as it did, but that's that's such an alien thing to do that it's so on the nose mm -hmm. that uh, I was kind of glad that they scrapped that because you know, I was like, it's it's one thing to take inspiration from, and it's another thing to, like, basically replicate the first half an hour of Alien Covenant or whatever. So I was okay with that being out, but uh, yeah, I, I think like using or, or reading a lot of like this kind of summary of what the backstory would be, like it, it sounds very much to me like a lot of this kind of got morphed and twisted into what we know as as Metroid Prime Hunters. Yeah, very little. I think it like kind of like the the base general idea gets reworked in right, hunters. Yeah. But yeah, but like some of this stuff also gets kind of like crazy. Like Samus is uh, fighting in different parts of the ship that are like changed because of the the rogue AI she's fighting. So she could be in like parallel dimensions, which obviously is used at Echoes. Um, some floors of the ship may like not have gravity or gravity would be reversed or time would run oh, backwards. I love that. Um, love that. There'd be like water moving up a faucet rather than down and stuff like that. Like crazy stuff like that. Uh, and then like things like scan based puzzles, like more than just like using your, your visors to, 
you know, scan logs or an, an enemy or something like that, or to shut down something. There might be, you know, a scan to control a robot or an x-ray visor uh, puzzle to access areas and stuff like that. And, and doing similar to what Metroid Prime, but a little bit more. But yeah, the, the actual concept gets a little crazier. And that goes into the the main, like, draw, which are the, the, the main AIs, like the rogue AIs that have four different personalities. And if you go into it, you'll see um, there's one called the Killer, the Child, the Mother, and the Martyr. And they have these, like, theater mask-looking faces that there's a bunch of concept art for. If you scroll down, you'll see they're color-coded and named on this thread and this is this seems to me like very not unmetroidy but it, this one i was very like hmm i don't know how this would have like worked in game like having these different personality ais i guess like the main thing is that each one of the ais would have like a different like gameplay feature right and you'd fight them differently like the child like you know like gets scared by stuff or whatever but like lashes out and um, I don't know, like, this this, this was the one that always interests me, because the, the AIs look kind of creepy, like, when you scroll down, right? And, I don't know, what do you think about these? Um, I, I mean, first of all, they look very creepy, yeah, very creepy. Very creepy. To me, the, I mean, I'll just, I'll start with just the names. Um, the impression that I get when I hear those names is, like, this is much more Vania than Metroid. Mm. Um, like, the names are... They're almost biblical to me, which isn't a bad thing, but it does seem like kind of a, a left turn for Metroid. But I, I mean, I think that the idea could have been cool, right? Like, I always like the idea of like you you give your bosses in the game kind of a, a personality or like there's a reason that you're hunting them specifically. They're not they, they don't happen to just be the monster that guards the area of, of the game that you're in. Um, so I like that. Um I like, you know, I mean, I think the idea could have been cool, um, especially if they're kind of rogue AIs and like they can, they can control elements of the ship. So it's like you are battling this AI, but you, you know, you're battling the ship more mm -hmm. so than that. Like they could do all sorts of crazy things. Um, you kind of mentioned that the gravity could change and stuff like that. I think that would be like really wicked. And I think I pitched that actually for Metroid Prime or for Metroid Five. Um, so I, I think that that sounds really cool. Uh, it, it, I mean, you're right. It does kind of sound, it doesn't sound Metroid-y when you, when you say it. And when you look at some of the images that are down here, like they look, you know, they definitely look creepy, but they, they don't look like something that we've seen in, in Metroid before. And you know what? That's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, we got, I mean, we got Metroid Prime with the last time that we stepped out of our comfort zone, uh, in Metroid, mm -hmm. but, uh, it, it does look very, it looks more Vania than Metroid, I guess, is what uh, what I'll leave it as. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot of inspiration from other games and movies coming from these. If you read into it, you can see how, like, the killer is kind of based on, like, Hannibal, uh, you know, like, uh, Hannibal from, like, the movie Hannibal, right? Or, yeah. like, a Clockwork Orange. Um, the child is like a character that's more like puzzle heavy, like mo the mother AI would be kind of like Eve from command and conquer it says, and would be potentially like a helper AI. So yeah, I don't know. This is these like very personality. Like these are, it's not like Adam who literally just felt like a human personality in an, a like a right. computer, right? These are like these very stylized and dramatic, uh, concepts here and scrolling down. They're pretty wild, but I would be interested to see how that would like, how that would look like Sam is taking on these AIs that like 
have these humanish but not really personalities to them and this like crazy like it would definitely be creepy like a lot of these vibes when i read this like gives me like a horror game kind of vibe like she's gonna be facing off against these like crazy looking things in like a dark ship that's like been i don't know like repurposing other alien species for these crazy things that's happening on the ship like it seems like they're creating like a horror game here rather than just like a dark kind of game because i don't i wouldn't say echoes is like a dark game in terms of like it being scary it's dark like literally so um but yeah you know what? Now, now that you say it this this kind of like reminds me more of what you would see in dead space than mm-hmm. in metroid um so i i like the idea of like i said of fighting the ais but i don't love the idea of them assuming like a form i i think that it's much scarier when like you're fighting the environment you know um i was talking about american horror story at the start of the show and like the creepy thing about that is like uh, for the first season especially it's like that house is a character and it's scarier because it's a character that you are trapped inside of not because it manifests in front of you and you can see it i mean sometimes it does but i I think that that would have been the way to go um but i mean that being said like i do think that all the models look really cool except for the child actually i'm not really I'm not really big on the child. I think he kind of looks like one of those um, one of those troll dolls from back in the day, uh, except skinny. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that the concept could have been cool if if it was elaborated a little bit more on. Um, and especially there's this like there's this weird kind of uh, it looks like a space pirate mixed with a xenomorph from Alien uh, right, oh, below right below that. Below, which oh, are the Hugh Metroid. I yeah. think this thing looks so cool. <laughs> like, it does. It looks very, very cool. Like, it maybe if, like... And I know that I'm just, like, completely ripping off Alien at this point. But, you know, maybe if one of the if one of these things is, like, stalking you around almost like SAX was, that, that could have been very cool and drive up the fear. I mean, I guess we have seen that before. But I feel like this enemy just looks so intimidating and so scary that that would be, like, a good use of them. Yeah, and it looks like the Metroid would like detach from it and be able to fight separately from the the humanoid. Like I, I love this. This is one of the artwork that's always stuck out to me because I always thought this was like so indicative of like these wild ideas that they were gonna they were trying out after Metroid Prime. But also like I could see this as an enemy like absolutely in game and yeah, absolutely looks really threatening and dangerous. Right below that too is another enemy called a Thrash Hunter which is some kind of space pirate other like unknown alien form hybrid which again has that like dead spacey feel to it almost almost kind of looks like a flood form as well a little bit with a space pirate and below that is a shock beast which is a similarly i think another um space pirate alien hybrid to it and this is looks pretty this is something that kind of looks a lot like the the if you remember the metroid prime cut content concept art where they had like those organic weapons and like the spinal like you know gatling gun thing like it kind of looks like a lot like that artwork and i think they were trying that again like that kind of style like maybe they couldn't do that kind of space pirate metroid prime but they'd be able to do it by doing these space pirate alien hybrids in this game i think these look really badass and really scary yeah totally um yeah and i guess just to to clarify i'm i was talking about the troll child like way way down at the uh at the bottom there so i skipped ahead a little bit but i was just oh, okay. giving you my thoughts of oh yeah yeah, but yeah 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 um yeah I, I think that these all look really cool i actually just love seeing concept art of weaponry in general i think that it's like 
uh, it's just like super interesting that that level of detail goes in. So I think that that looks uh, just super cool. Um, the concept art, uh, maybe I'll go back on what I said actually, because the concept art of the child where it's just the drawings, that actually looks kind of cool. Uh, the, the not so much the troll, but this one here looks looks definitely pretty cool. And uh, I, I mean, all of them kind of do. Um, and then there's there's one image here, and uh, this this Hugh Metroid thing. It just it strikes me as it looks kind of like um, kind of like the light suit almost from what we got in yeah. Prime Two. It does. It's so very very interesting. It kind of looks like Dark Samus's light suit. Like if, mm, if Dark yeah. Samus have a light suit, that's what they would kind of look like. It does have that. It's like so organic and fleshy looking, but. I think also too in the back there are these kind of drawings like the shoulder pads that are not really there. Um, that kind of gives the illusion of it feeling more like a Samus, Dark Samus thing. But yeah, it does have that light suit feel to it. I love that. Like that sleek, organic like look to it looks so like ugh. something about it. It's like really awesome, really sick at the same time. But yeah, I love this artwork and I really get this like this. Like if this was the version of Metroid Prime 2 we got, it would be a scary game. I think like with these like crazy like looking AIs flashing out at you and controlling the ship from here and there because that seemed to be like what their deal was like being able to like change the scenarios and and screw around with the ship and stuff but also showing up at you and being all scary and then having these like crazy Humetroids and thrash hunters and whatnot shock beasts go around these look pretty scary I, I like the idea of like mixing space pirates and using them as like a base form to like mix with other stuff too that's a cool idea um and just below that, there's a, a bunch of more paragraphs. We're not going to go into all that. But there's, like, stuff in there just scrolling how you'd be able to control robots from, like, a, a, a robot control HQ. You'd be able to, like, uh, gain access to areas otherwise on a table. On a table. There was, like... Um, even that is kind of funny because you, you kind of do that in uh, AM2R in, in a certain area of the true. game. So it's, it's funny how that kind of makes its way back, even though Retro obviously didn't end up working on that game. Right. And then there would also be... So down here, it says that there would be multiplayer in terms of like co-op. But here it seems like it confirms that there would be other bounty hunters there, either working with or against Samus. It's It's kind of... Just like scrolling through, it seems like the AI might call in other bounty hunters to like come on, like come into the ship, right, and either like create chaos or like fight Samus or I don't know, just be like potentially used by the AI somehow. And it seems like all the bounty hunters could eventually like work together or not. So there might have been some co-op. It seems planned, either co-op or some kind of multiplayer asset here that wasn't necessarily like you know just. Uh, straight up like the echoes multiplayer we got and then there's other stuff down here too where it was like space marines versus giant bugs like that was a mode it seemed like artifact retrieval more co-op multiplayer uh hacking like puzzles and stuff so maybe there could have been like a co-op version where someone's playing a samus and someone's like hacking stuff and scanning stuff kind of like super mario galaxy or someone's like playing the second person um artifact retrieval kind of sounds cool these sound like more fleshed out actual multiplayer modes rather than just co-op but it seems like they were working with a bunch of ideas for like co-op for campaign and for multiplayer and it seems like some of this eventually like got thrown to the wayside because obviously we never had co-op but i'm sure some of this eventually worked into what we got into hunters as well like it's interesting how a lot of this definitely influenced hunters yeah, and you know what? I, I think that the latter part of all that sounds cool, but the one that stuck out to me, which you, you can probably guess that I hated, was uh, 
at a certain point of this adventure, Samus could have the opportunity to create an android double of herself. I, I'm so glad that that never existed because I, I just I think that that ju- is just like super cheesy. And you know what it reminds me of is Luigi's Mansion when you create oh, Gooigi. Gooigi, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like that's played for laughs, right? But I, I mean, I feel like nothing in Metroid necessarily should be played for laughs. Um, and like the experience that you get from playing the game is. You know, the isolation and atmosphere is such a big component of that that I'm really glad that they didn't do this. I'm totally not against creating like little little mechanisms or, or bots or something that you can use to help you. But yeah, I think just like a walking Samus robot, it just would have been super cheesy. The rest of this stuff actually sounds like some pretty cool ideas though. And like stuff that um, if there would have been these modes that went into Metroid Prime Hunters and just like really kind of turned the multiplayer aspect of that game up to 11. Um, I think that that could have been really cool. And uh, it's it's too bad that that didn't happen because like, I feel like, you know, we've, we've talked about Hunters before on the show where like, it's the most, you know, classical first person shooter-esque Metroid Prime game. And I feel like all these modes would have been right at home in that game and, and really given it some more legs and some more... Um, you know, a, a more modes to play and reasons to come back to you. And, and maybe it would have even helped that game's legacy a little bit more. Because, you know, I mean, if, if ever that was the perfect setting for all this stuff with all the different bounty hunters, I think that, you know, Prime Hunters was that game. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure if, like, maybe Hunters would have been made later on a console, like, they could have done a lot of this. But they were probably so limited on what could actually work in the system. Like, I don't know how they could have done, like, Space Marines versus Giant Bugs. But, like, there's some stuff in here, like, the artifact collecting and all the different Bounty Hunter stuff. Like, uh, some of it made it into the game, but but not all of it. On the Mecha Samus thing, I agree. I know when we talked about Metroid Prime again, or Metroid Prime 4 again recently, we talked about co-op. And I have no problem with, like, whoops, uh, I have no problem with two-player co-op and working into the story i still think you can do like the isolation thing right but having like a character that just like samus makes a mecha samus like who essentially just becomes someone to help you through the game not really about that a couple things before we move on which i thought was really interesting though because it brings you like it brings you into like the time of when this was being made uh if you look right under additional multiplayer goodness trust and deceit there's a section there called uh, where it says uh, the bounty hunters start in different sections of the ship and allow them to find each other. Um, they would this would only work online due to the fact that we cannot stream for for different locations at once. Capcom is working on an online Resident Evil for PlayStation 2, which will allow up to eight players to start at different locations of the game world. And to succeed, they need to first find me, find each other. If we decide to support Internet Link, I would really like to see something like this. So something about how they were trying to do like an online game mode there where the players would work together or even like a battle royale kind of idea and they were inspired like motivated by capcom doing resident evil i thought that was really interesting and then just below that they talk about the additional bounty hunters um if they aren't clones of samus we need to be memorable and unique they need their own specific weapons their own morph ball mode and something that makes them a likable character i have no doubt that we can create some cool stuff but we have to ask ourselves will this still be a metroid experience so even then, it seemed like when they were getting into, which obviously eventually inspired Metroid Prime Hunters because they end up doing it in that game. Like even back then, they're thinking like, will this still be Metroid? And I know you like even the, like this Metroid Prime Hunters, you know, really a Metroid game or is it like just a first person shooter with like a Metroid skin? That's debatable. But I do think that's really interesting how even back then that's something they were cognizant of. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, you're right. Like, that is... It's a fine line, right? Between, like, what what is Metroid and, like, clinging to what makes the series Metroid, but also embracing the changes that, you know, l- allow it to take the next steps forward. Um, I, I think that this mode would have been cool, but, I mean, I, I think he kind of summed it up best. Like, is this still a Metroid experience? Um, that's debatable, right? Like, it's... Uh, it's it's tough to say without ever having seen the final product. Like, um, uh, you know, I think that Metroid Prime Hunters for me, the the multiplayer wasn't the issue so much as the control scheme, which was the issue, which was you know unfortunately a casualty of just being on the DS. Um, you know, I I think that, and we've talked about it before. Like, I think that Prime Hunters had enough of it to you know I I wouldn't say like. No, this isn't a Metroid game. It's just a first-person shooter with a Samus helmet on. But mm-hmm. um, I, I do think that that's cool. I think that on the practical side of this as well, like, so we're, we're probably talking, like, they're developing these concepts back in 2002 or three, uh, or maybe even earlier. Um, there, there's just no way that they could have done this on Nintendo's GameCube at that time. Uh, they could have probably done it on Xbox Live, which was at the time the most sophisticated online infrastructure. But I mean, like Nintendo was just so far behind that uh, it, it was laughable, really. Um, you know, the only the only online Nintendo game that I can even think of off the top of my head was Fantasy Star Online, mm-hmm. and I think that was it. So you know, they they had these grand ideas, but you know, obviously they didn't get very far because they couldn't get very far because. You know, Nintendo was uh, was slow on the take for online, uh, and, and frankly, is still slow on the take for online. They've come a long way, but they're not. They're certainly not anywhere near the level of Xbox Live or even you know PlayStation. Absolutely, I, yeah. This package wouldn't have been possible back then. Nowadays, or even you know beyond that, or you know just on an Xbox back then or sometime after. Yeah, it definitely could have been. It seemed like they were trying to do something where. They could create a sh- like a ship scenario and reuse a lot of assets from like Prime and like a lot of redundant assets because it's on like a ship. But then like change things up a lot, like change the scenarios, change the environments, like limit Samus here and there and add all these different features like co-op and multiplayer and all that that weren't in Prime to create like a full experience. It might not have been like a full like huge new Metroid game and it might not have had that feeling of like isolation, which they note again in like the closing comments, but it still feels like something they were like happy to work on it. And, and again, it seems like we kind of got a little, like we got Metroid, like this seems like it's split off into two different games, Metroid Prime 2 and Metroid Prime Hunters. Like they tried to do some of this multiplayer co-op stuff in Hunters and left the rest to to Echoes and kind of did that. So I think that's what ended up happening there and both great games, but I would have loved to have seen how this looks like on its own, right? Like as its own full game. That being said, there is a bunch of concept art below this that gives us an idea of what we might have you know, ran into. Um, it seems like there's some work right at the top there for... I That must have been some kind of city or like a ship kind of city or maybe this is inside a ship. Um, which is, yeah, which is strange because this game is supposed to take place inside of a ship, but it looks very... It looks like a techno Isengard is what it looks like. Yeah, it's. I, I'm assuming it's, yeah, it's kind of like a ship that's so huge that it has all these different areas like a city. Like, you can see the second picture, there's like a main area and then like bridges to these offshoot areas, which I'm assuming like Samus would travel back and forth from and, and would take on the AI in these different areas and be cut off from certain stuff like... Again, like, the game would kind of force you into certain areas or, like, force you to take on an area, um, 
with certain like rules or, or circumstances as you move about. And there's another ship below that, like the bluer orangey one. That looks really cool. That looks more of like a uh, an actual like ship rather than like a city ship kind of thing. I think that looks really dope. Um, yeah, it looks very cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's so getting even below that. Like so, so I guess the primary uh, the primary enemies that Samus would have had to take care of are, are kind of mechanism or like robotic like kind yeah. of uh, art like enemies here. One of them stands out to me very much so because he looks. He looks very much like Gore, but he also looks almost identical to Legion from Mass Effect, and that's the third one down. Mm. Um, so that that guy that guy sticks out to me. But I think that the first one looks very cool. He's got like a flamethrower and like a kind of like his own version of like the charge shot. It looks like the zero laser almost from Smash Bros. So uh, like he looks very cool. Out think, of his head, looks crazy. Yeah, <laughs> this dude's got like spikes coming out of his his eyeballs. It looks very cool. Um, lots of cool kind of robotic stuff here another one that sticks out to me this is uh this is a couple pictures down here but there is an enemy that has like faces oh, yeah. all around it it's it's got faces on faces it's got faces on its shoulder pads faces on its uh, knees faces on its boots this thing looks bonkers and not not metroidy at all i i don't know i would have had to see this in in practice but to me like it's got a face on its crotch it looks, uh, <laughs> it looks a little bit. I didn't goofy, need to look at that. I didn't know that until you <laughs> said that, man. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is again one of the pieces of artwork that I've always seen associated with Metroid Prime 1.5. And yeah, the whole faces thing, like it, it always stuck out to me. Like, wow, this is so like not Metroid. Like, I guess it would have been right if they released the game. Like, it would have been Metroid because that's what the game would have been. And I'm assuming that this like form is like one of the final like tangible forms of like the AI like with all the different personalities like maybe like you'd fight like one of the AI as it like fights you using this like weird face robot body thing I don't know what it is it's like you could it's so so weird the face on the crotch I didn't need to know that but like the face is all over it's like the idea is really cool I love like the head of faces right it kind of is like it's it's so creepy and really just like unnerving. Like it'd be such a different kind of enemy type. Like even the enemies above those, like the robotic ones, kind of have like a space piratey kind of feel. Like or just like a a robot that I could see being in Metroid. But like this one is just so like out there. This one is out there. Yeah, yeah that's and yeah. But I would have. This is a again like I would have loved to have played this like horror Metroid game. I think like if we got like a a true like scary horror game like more like dead space that would i think this would probably fit right in yeah and um that one's out there underneath there's a bunch of different concept arts of like uh i don't even know what these are some kind of genetic experiment alien beings um a lot of them kind of they look like they would fit in with metroid but they also kind of strike me as like resembling twilight princess or even kind of like a dark okami for some of them and there is one guy he's uh he's the second one down and second in from the left he actually reminds me of um of the uh the dudes from federation force the uh, space oh, yeah. marines that you play as in a in a weird kind of way he's got it's almost like it's got that same kind of chibi style in yeah. this particular picture so it, that's that's what i thought of when i saw this Oh yeah, I I like that guy. He, he he's cool. He seems like a nice enemy. I really am a big he's fan a of the guy. pig too. Over to the right, the weird like, I don't know, the pig looking one. 
Yeah, some of these are, are like robots mixed with some kind of alien and other ones like there's one on the bottom right with like an actual face yeah which is weird to me he he looks like kind of a boss character more so right yeah this is uh the uh, these are like i guess like more common enemies you might run into but these also kind of feel like they they somewhat remind me of ing a little bit like the top left one kind of does and uh, yeah. like very very yeah. little but they kind of give me like an ing vibe like their eyes and you, just the you can scheme. see like the trace dna of the ing i right. think in in these uh characters here for sure for sure um yeah these are these well, are let's... weird looking but the ones below these we get we scroll down a little more and these get even more abstract they're, these are horrifying these are yeah, yeah. these are this is the stuff that i've like yeah like give me this like i this would scare the absolute absolute crap out of me man like i had to restrain myself there but this is like the third one down like the or i guess the second one down from the image we were just looking at like the weird like has like eye wings and like the face with like the the praying mantis arms and then two below that like the crazy skull looking one where it's like all these different mechanical parts like bursting out of this like flat oh it's so, so creepy looking very very it, remi it reminds me of um like a del toro movie like pan's labyrinth or something like that's that's the vibe i get from from these like the the eye stuff is just really makes it yeah. so creepy that all the the focus on so many eyes all over the place it really stands out to me yeah i agree it's, it's actually that's a very apt um descriptor because i mean the the first one down looks like the pale man from pan's labyrinth he's got the creepy yeah, yeah. eye thing big hands um, yeah, you know what? Earlier, I was I was skipping ahead actually, and I was talking about these guys when we were talking about the four and like the the child and the the killer oh, and stuff okay, like that. Okay. Um, so I I'd like all of these um, all of these images. the The one that I maybe don't necessarily love is the kind of the cyber robot guy. He looks very very humanoid and not monster esque uh, too much. Oh, the the guy um, at the bottom with like the the yeah. no eyes with the eye on his big like bald head yeah oh i kind of like he's, him and he's, he's very cool. creepy he's creepy looking I, I don't the the face with features but like no features kind of like this looks like it looks so experimental like someone's like experimenting on like a human or or something like that and like has rebuilt them i like i like that design um, yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I, I like the kind of idea of it, but I think just he looks less terrifying to me than the other guys. Which and it's maybe just, literally just because he's standing right beside him, and we've just cycled past all these like super creepy guys here. But he he stuck out to me as I I think I'd want to see something a little bit more terrifying out of him. Um, and then also, uh, right underneath him was kind of the artwork of the child, where he looks like a troll that I wasn't. Uh, super in love with but underneath him is what what i was actually talking about earlier i like i said i jumped ahead so this guy underneath him he looks like a space pirate mixed with a xenomorph actually mixed with a little bit of ridley like he looks very 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 creepy if this guy and like the rest of these monsters were like stalking you on a ship man that would just be this wicked wicked horror game like it i'm, I'm thinking like maybe it could work how like in resident evil 2 when Mr. X is, is chasing you around and like you bump into him in certain places and you run away. I think that that could have been like very cool. But yeah, I mean, these guys are just like, you know, they're so, they're so scary and like, like very creepy horror bosses. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's wicked to think what could have been if, you know, if we could have gotten this into Metroid Prime 
two or, or whatever it would have ended up being. I don't know. I I think some of this even says like it might not uh, like some of this stuff might be unrelated, you know, like and it just kind of got like over the years or like whoever put this together, like kind of has associated them. Like obviously the child artwork is very clearly for for Metroid Prime 1.5, but some of this stuff may have been like not necessarily for it, but I think I think it was. And you can see there's certainly, yeah, like remnants of like Chozo and and Ridley in there. It's it's I I. Some of this stuff is just so unmetroidy. I feel like that's probably why, like, they went back to the drawing board. You know, like, yeah, like, definitely. like a hundred percent. Like some of this stuff, and we'll see this when we go to Metroid Prime Two Echoes. Like some of this stuff does get used in Echoes. Like some of it does like get influenced, like influencing what happens in that game and in Hunters as well. Like that's certainly confirmed. But a lot of this stuff is is so out there and. But uh, again, really shows like how a game evolves over time. Like we go back to the the Metroid Prime cut content, how it was kind of this like steampunky kind of vibey game before it became you know the final product. And then we have this where they they were just straight up going for this like really horrific game and decided like okay like we're gonna take a little bit of this and mold it into something that maybe is a little less grotesque, a little less. Uh, you know, we, we're, this is going to be on the GameCube, right? I'm sure, like, if someone from Nintendo saw this stuff, they'd be like, yeah, like, you know, like, 12-year-olds are buying this? Like, <laughs> 10-year-olds yeah. are buying this? Like, we need to make it a Like, it can't be this, like, super scary and crazy. Uh, but this kind of game, I mean, some of these designs are so awesome. Like, I would love to... Like, it is a shame that some of this is locked into, like, just the artwork and, like, maybe was expanded upon in later games. But otherwise, like, to see it in this form would have been so awesome. I would love, like, a true horror metroid game based on all this stuff but we kind of did get a little bit in echoes um but yeah the these last designs are the it for this thread this is that was metroid remake and metroid prime 1.5 uh concept art and the pitch there's there's a lot there and i'm sure we could even go back further and and read all of the design document stuff because we did skim over a lot of it and and we were kind of we were uh, we were fools because we were thinking that maybe we could fit all of the rest of this into one episode. But I think that this is going to definitely be a ongoing episode. We still have cut content for Metroid Prime Two, Three, and Hunters to go through. Um, you know, th- my final takeaway from all of this 1.5 content is like I think so. There's two main things to me that stand out. A lot of the gameplay stuff that they wanted to do and a lot of the aesthetic that they wanted to put on this game. To me, um, a lot of the gameplay, like the seeds of, or the DNA, uh, kind of was given life in Metroid Prime Hunters. Maybe not to the exact extent that they wanted to, but like I do think that there's a lot of similar concepts. I think that they probably, you know, they probably had ideas for what they could do with multiplayer that you know obviously couldn't be executed the way that they wanted because of technical limitations. Um, but I, I think that that idea like morphed into Metro Prime Hunters. The aesthetic, um, I think that we kind of you know we kind of see it here and there in the rest of the Prime trilogy. The Ing are certainly a, a very creepy species that resembles some of the you know some of the creature artwork that we saw. Um, you kind of get the the aesthetic for some of the the bounty hunters in Metroid Prime Three is somewhat similar to some of the creatures and, and stuff that we see in here. So like, again, I, I don't think that it's obviously an exact one-to-one, but like, I think that the the DNA, like the genesis of the idea was created here. And eventually that did kind of seep into these other Metroid games that you can see if you're looking. 
Oh, for sure. There's a lot of this uh, leaked into Echoes. I feel like the Humetroid design really influenced, like, what Dark Samus ended up being. I think the a lot of the enemy types, like, certainly influenced. I think the Ing were certainly influenced by a lot of the stuff that we saw. And maybe, like, the, the A... I don't think, like... Maybe, like, the AI stuff kind of got worked more into, like, Metroid Prime 3. I still think that, like, macabre kind of look to it is... It would just be so un-Metroid-y, but... You know, I would have been interested in seeing, like, giving, like, these enemies a more of, like, an evil and experimented on feel rather than just being, like, really strong aliens that, like, are also just creatures that you're fighting, right? And this is where, like, the game, yeah, like, totally. stuff becomes a little more sinister, which is interesting to me. I would have loved to have seen this fully fleshed out. And, yeah, the multiplayer stuff may be a bit ahead of its time or just undoable on the Nintendo stuff. Um you know, scrolling through all this work, like, the concept work, I did think, like, okay, maybe it would be kind of close to how long it took us to go through the Metroid Prime stuff, but oh, there's a lot, like, there's a lot of meat on the on these bones, right? Like, they they did a whole document and, like, really kind of went into what they wanted this game to look like, and that that, that, that caught us up a little bit. I just thought it would be artwork, man. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's a lot um, here, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we, we are definitely going to cover all of the cut content for Metro Prime 2, 3, and Hunters. And we uh, we are going to be back next week with Inspired by Metroid. I still think that nobody is going to uh, predict what game that we're going to be covering. And uh, your first reaction might be, that's not a Metroid game or Inspired by Metroid game. But we're going to prove you wrong and uh, show you how next week. Uh, in the meantime, any, uh, any closing thoughts before we get on out of here, Dak? Ah, uh, closing thoughts. I'm I'm skimming through some of this stuff, and even just the more I skim through it, there's so much more. Like I'm a lot interested in like just how these AIs would fight. Like I really like go through this thread, everyone. If you have like anything that we should comment on a little more, let us know. But there's a lot of stuff here that like really dig into this. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I'm looking forward to our inspired by metroid episode i really don't think anyone's gonna get it but i think i want to say that we we put a hint in one of our previous episodes like we definitely i think we did too like there was a riddle in there somewhere that we put in or some kind of joke i don't know but it, a, a riddle some somewhere say. somewhere oh come on man someone back then <laughs> so somewhere in our latest episodes we had we had teased it but anyway i i don't think anyone's gonna get it if they do uh, I don't know, I'll send you a cookie or something. But I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait to get back into more of this, like, cut content stuff. I'm sure we'll revisit it really soon. But we'll take a little break from it after doing these two episodes. Um, I hope we get some more Metroid news that isn't job listing soon. But I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. I really hope no. uh, Ridley gets buffed tonight. That would be fantastic. And you'll, I'll let you all know my thoughts on where the Metroid characters, excuse me, where the Metroid characters are in uh, in Ultimate after the result of this patch. So yeah, a lot, a lot on the table, a lot to still get through. But I'm looking forward to our next episode and getting into finishing that game that we're going to be talking about. I think everyone's going to enjoy it, and I hope everyone's enjoyed uh, our cut content, unmade games uh, series we've got going on here. Absolutely well said. Um, all right, well, that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, we're going to get out of here and, and go and finish that Inspired by Metroid game, by God. Uh, we want you to check us out over on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Go and like and subscribe. Recommend us to a Metroid fan in your life. Uh, special reminder to everyone, if you want some Metroid swag from the Metroid database store, use promo code OMEGA. You will get 20% off everything. 
Uh, that's it. That's all. We are out of here. You can check us out over on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. I am at Spateri316. Dak is at DakCity underscore. Until next week when we finally will be bringing you this Inspired by Metroid game. We'll see you then. Oh, my God.